bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Living Word with Pastor Mansa Otobi. And now, today's word. My series, Life in the Spirit. And my subtitle is Actions of the Spirit. Life in the Spirit, part number seven, subtitled Actions of the Spirit. Our spirits are active. They are not passive. They are not passive. Uh, The spirit in us acts. And when the spirit acts in us, we have a sense of it or we would say we feel it one way or the other. And so today I'm going to focus on certain acts of the spirit or actions of the spirit. And we would look primarily at the life of Jesus and we look at the various actions of his spirit under various circumstances and we're going to see how that applies to us uh, as well. There are several actions of the spirit, but for Today, I will only focus on three of those actions of the Spirit. Uh, It doesn't exhaust all of the actions of the Spirit, but these three give us a very good summary. And so the first one we'll look at is a phrase that is used to describe a spiritual state that Jesus was in at the Last Supper, and it's appropriate since we are taking communion today, Uh, It was also used to describe a state or a spiritual state that Jesus was in at the tomb of Lazarus. And that phrase is troubled in spirit or troubled in the spirit. Your spirit can be troubled or can feel troubled. So we look at John chapter 13 and verses 21 and 22. This is at the Last Supper, uh, and Jesus had spoken to his disciples about what was about to happen, uh, that he is going to be given up, and and then uh, he will be crucified, and he will rise again. Um, So, John chapter 13, from verse 21. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit. I want you to underline that phrase, troubled in spirit spirit or trouble in his spirit or in the spirit and testified and said most assuredly I say to you one of you will betray me then the disciples looked at one another perplexed about whom he spoke Jesus was troubled in Spirit. What does the word trouble mean? There are several uh, thoughts that come out of the word trouble. The first is that to be troubled is to feel stirred in your spirit. Feel stirred. It's, it's like uh, having uh, something on, on fire and uh, a pot on, on fire and stirring the contents. You feel like stand, something is stirring you. To be troubled also means to be restless or bothered. So Jesus felt a staring in his spirit. He felt restless 
uh, in his spirit. He didn't have a sense of quietness. He didn't have a sense of peace uh, within him. He was bothered. So when we say a person is troubled in the spirit, these are the thoughts that um, we, we are looking at. So Jesus is having inner restlessness. And if you pay attention to the narrative, Jesus had not done anything physically to show that he was disturbed. As a matter of fact, much of the activities of the Last Supper was very joyful, was very happy. But the passage says that he was troubled. And that tells us that sometimes you can see outwardly to be okay, but inwardly you can feel a restlessness in your spirit. And the reason why Jesus was troubled in the spirit was because he sensed the reality of impending danger. He felt that danger is coming. He knew about the betrayal that is just about to happen. And inside him, he knew something bad is about to happen. Our spirits can warn us of danger ahead of time. When something bad is about to happen, you will usually sense it from within. Something inside you will start feeling restless, uneasy, or bothered. Although everything around you may be peaceful, but inside of you, you feel a restlessness. And that's what Jesus is going through. Sometimes people call this sense premonition or a sense of foreboding. Uh, but the Bible calls it being troubled in the spirit. And it comes in the form of inner restlessness. Sometimes this sense of spiritual restlessness your spirit feels will be general. You wouldn't know what you are restless about. It's just that you feel restless. And sometimes it can be specific. You know what you are restless about. In the case of Jesus Christ, this is not general restlessness. This is feeling restless because he knows specifically what is about to happen. And he knows the person who is going to be used to accomplish it. And the person was sitting right with him. And so he felt the restlessness of his spirit. It wasn't just because of Judas, but it is about what is going to happen. And so Jesus was restless in his spirit. Now as Christians, our spirits also sometimes get restless. And I'm sure there are many times where you have felt this sense of restlessness. You feel troubled in your spirit. You get up in the morning and you, you just feel troubled. And you can't put your finger on it. You can't describe it. There is no specificity on it. But there is restlessness inside of you. Don't underestimate what is happening in your spirit. Because it is part of God's way of communicating to you. Now sometimes that restlessness may not even be because of something going to happen to you. It's something I've learned over the years. 
Many times it has nothing to do with you. It is something that is about to happen either in the world or in the nation or in the family or to somebody else. And if you always personalize it, you will not be able to intercede properly to avert what is about to happen. So don't always personalize the restlessness. It may be uh, not related to you. In the case of Jesus, it was related to him. Uh, but we'll look at another uh, example very soon. But the important thing is that he had this restlessness. The, the other thing I want you to note about this restlessness with Jesus is that although he felt restless and troubled in his spirit, he didn't stop what was going to happen. He didn't stop it. So sometimes the troubling in your spirit is not just, is not for you to stop it. You know, many times we use the phrase, God reveals to redeem. And I believe that there is a truth to it, but it's not an absolute truth. Because this was not redeemed. This was not redeemed. That Jesus went through what he was troubled about. And so sometimes you get a restlessness and then you go through what you are about to go through. And the reason why he didn't stop it was because what he was going through was beneficial for him and for mankind. If he had averted it, there would be no salvation for you and I. So it's, it's the bigger purposes of God that he was submitted to. So uh, just to, to make you aware, doesn't mean that don't deal with any restlessness and you can stop it. Because we will see another instance where he stopped what was happening. The second instance of Jesus being troubled in the spirit is in John chapter 11, verse 13 and four, uh, verse 33 and 34. John chapter 11, 33 and 34. This is at the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus is dead. He's been dead for four days. Jesus is now uh, in their hometown and, and, uh, and Mary and Martha are crying all over. And people are crying. Verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, note carefully, he saw what was happening, the emotion being expressed. And therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Was troubled. The same word that is translated troubled here is the same word translated troubled uh, in the earlier passage. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And as you know, he went and raised Lazarus. But I want you to see how different the troubling in his spirit is on this occasion from the first one. In this occasion, or on this occasion, Jesus was spiritually troubled by the pain that somebody else was going through. So Mary is weeping and Jesus' spirit is troubled. It's not about something happening to him. It's about something happening to somebody else. But that thing happening to somebody else is troubling his spirit. And it troubles him so much, the, the Bible used another word, that he groaned in spirit. So, in the first instance, he's troubled in the spirit because of something going to happening to him. In the second instance, he's troubled in the spirit because of something happening to somebody else. 
And that shows you that sometimes you can be troubled in the spirit, not because of something happening to you, but something happening to somebody else. It's one of the things I, I have learned over the years, especially being a pastor, that, you know, in my early years, I didn't fully understand all these dynamics and I could get troubled on a daily basis. And most times I would get troubled as if something bad is going to happen to me. And I'll pray and pray and pray and pray for myself. But later I got to understand that probably because of the calling of God upon my life and because I'm a pastor and I'm the shepherd of many people, what happened to Jesus happens to me also. What your people are going through begins to trouble your spirit. And when that happens, you may not even know why it is troubling your spirit. Sometimes something happens and you, rem- you remember last week I was feeling this at this time. And then later you heard something else had happened. So over time I understood that when I'm troubled in the spirit, the remedy is to pray in the spirit. Because you are praying, you are troubled in the spirit, the remedy to being troubled in the spirit is to pray in the spirit. Praying in tongues. And when you pray in the spirit to ask God, uh, the Holy Spirit, to interpret to your mind so you can understand what the troubling in your spirit is all about. Because that will inform how you respond to it. Of course, if you know that the troubling of your spirit is because Mary is weeping or because the Jews are weeping, then you know the solution is to go and solve their problem. Go and raise Lazarus. So in this case, Jesus solves the problem of what is causing the troubling and there's no troubling again. So two instances of troubling in the spirit. One, Jesus feels it because something is going to happen to him. He doesn't change the situation. Secondly, Jesus feels troubling his spirit. Something is happening to somebody, but it troubles him. And then he does something about it. One of the things you have to understand that as members of the body of Christ, our spirits are networked. We are joined together in spirit as Christians. My spirit is joined to your spirit. Your spirit is joined to mine because we belong to Christ together. And as a result, things that you're going through, God may place on my heart. And things that I'm going through, God may place on your heart. And there may be members of the church you don't know physically, but your spirit knows. And when they are weeping, it will trouble your spirit. Your spirit will begin to pick up on the emotions people are going through, on the fears and anxieties people are going through, on the burdens that people are going through. So when you feel that troubling in the spirit, don't always interpret it as which is coming after you. You have to understand it is a way of you to respond to something. And the best way to respond to troubling in the spirit is to pray in the spirit. To pray in the spirit. I, I can say clearly as a pastor that most of the time much has not happened to a church member that I didn't feel it ahead of time. I felt the troubling in my spirit ahead of time before it happens. And I've learned over the years to interpret it right, to manage it right, and to respond to it right. 
Sometimes in ignorance, you will misinterpret what the troubling is all about. But the spirit will trouble your, your spirit will be troubled either because something is going to happen to you or it's happening to somebody. And the way to deal with this is to pray in the spirit. That's one of the reasons why every Christian must be filled with the Holy Spirit, have the ability to pray in tongues because there are moments when you have to pray about things your mind has no clue about. And you have to learn to pray in the spirit. All right. So that's the first action of the spirit that we are talking about. Troubled in the spirit. If you felt it before, now you know what it is and how to deal with it. If you haven't felt it before, I, I, you will feel it. <laughs> you will feel it. All right. But the second one is a, a phrase that is called perceiving in the spirit perceiving in the spirit the first one is trouble this one is perceiving in the spirit and the example for jesus is in mark chapter 2 verses 8 uh, verses 6 to 8 this is at the healing of a man who is paralyzed who is dropped from the ceiling you are familiar with that uh, story in the new testament Mark chapter 2 from verse 6. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Very interesting. So what does the word perceive mean? It means to know, to recognize, or to understand. To know, to recognize, or to understand. So when you perceive something, it means you have recognized it, you have uh, known it, uh, or you understand it. Uh, There is a way to perceive things naturally. Perceive things naturally. You read a book, you understand it, you've perceived but this is perceived in the spirit. It has nothing to do with your mind. It has to do with your spirit. Knowing, understanding something. That you may not be physically aware of. And in this passage, this is what is happening. Jesus recognized spiritually the activities going on around him. Something is happening around Jesus. And his spirit knew it. His spirit knew it. His spirit perceived it. His spirit recognized it. His spirit understood what was happening. Now I want you to note what is happening here carefully. If you read the passage, it says some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. So the heart is normally uh, used... Uh, As a phrase or as a word in replacement of the spirit. So the scribes are sitting there and something is going on in their spirit. Because Jesus has said something they don't like. So in their spirit they are boiling. And they are resisting what is happening around. They are bringing about spiritual resistance 
spiritual resistance. You know, you can be in a place where there's spiritual resistance going on. Somebody is resisting you in the spirit. His face is nice, but in the spirit, he is resisting you. And that's what has happened to the scribes. On the outside, it will look like everything is cool. Everybody is minding his business. These scribes look like very, very highly learned professors. They are there with their professorial look and very quietly looking on. You think nothing is happening, but something is happening. And Jesus Christ, if you looked at Jesus, you would say, oh, Jesus doesn't even mind what is happening. Because all his attention is on the paralyzed man around of him. But whilst his physical attention is on the paralyzed man, his spirit is scanning what is happening all over the place. And he senses there is a spiritual resistance going on here. His spirit perceives it. That's a very important activity of the spirit our spirits recognize spiritual activities around us you may not always be mentally aware of it but your spirit is always aware of what is happening around you spiritually that doesn't mean you should go around and and pointing finger and witch hunting people and say you are a witch you are a witch I know your spirit doesn't agree with my spirit. That's not what I'm talking about. Because if you look at it, Jesus didn't approach it this way. How did Jesus approach it? He didn't even confront the scribes. He said, why do you ask these questions in your heart? Why is this spiritual resistance going on? And then he said, anyway, to the man... Because his mission is for the man, not the resistance. Because you can easily lose focus and start fighting physical battles when things are happening spiritually. If you're not careful with people who say you are quarrelsome. Because the resistance is not physical, it's spiritual. And so your response should also be spiritual. Otherwise you look like a crazy man, a quarrelsome man who fights everybody. So Jesus didn't bother about what is going on. He tells the man who is paralyzed, rise up, take up your bed, and go. Matter finished. But the resistance was there. It was going on through the scribes. And Jesus perceived it. And the more you become aware of your spirit, the more perceptive your spirit becomes. And you can get to places and connect with the activities going on in that place. And when that happens, don't be carnal about it. Don't fight physical battles when your knowledge is spiritual. Because somebody will say, you have to go and face him and tell me, I know what you are doing. I know what you are doing in the natural or in the spirit. Now, when, when you do these things, you are moving from the spirit to the physical. And you cannot fight spiritual battles physically. If it's spiritually revealed, it must be spiritually dealt with. So that's what Jesus is doing. He perceived it in his spirit. 
that there is something going on. But that's not all about Jesus and spiritual perception. There's another story about Jesus and spiritual perception. Luke chapter 8, verse 45 to 46. This is about the woman with the issue of blood. You know, the woman touched Jesus and, 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 and Jesus asked, who touched me? So this, from verse 5, Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude strong and press you, and you say, who touched me? Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived that power going out of me. I perceived it in his spirit. He perceived power is going out of me. So Jesus recognizes spiritual activities going on within him. Not only does he recognize spiritual activities going on around him, but he is able to understand what is going on inside of him. That without his permission or say so, somebody has made a spiritual connection with him by touching him. And Jesus says, I know because I monitor my spiritual condition. I know something has gone out of me. Who did it? The woman came out and said, I did it. Jesus said, ah, that's good. But you know, that same touch could have also tried to activate something negative in Jesus. And he had to be alert constantly of his spiritual state. So we learn that when virtue is going out of us, we should know virtue is going out of us. You should perceive what is going on inside you spiritually have you ever been in the state where you are asleep but your spirit is not asleep and you know your spirit is not asleep because whilst you are physically asleep some part of you remotely is praying and you can go on throughout the whole night it looks like you are physically asleep but something is happening inside your spirit is still interceding. You have to be able to monitor those activities in your spirit. Jesus could monitor when spiritual activity was taking place inside of him. A healing took place because somebody touched him. We must be aware of what is going on around us. You must be aware of how God is ministering through you as a pastor I don't always pray for people but there are many times I'm, I'm ministering to people and I know the healing virtue just left me God just touched somebody I may not talk about it but I know somebody just got healed somebody got delivered somebody received direction you can know it, why? because you are monitoring your spirit and you are aware of what, come, what goes out, virtue that is going out. And what is attempting to come in. What is attempting to come in. They can come into your spirit, but they will knock. They will knock. 
And it may not even be they want to touch your spirit. It may be they want to touch your mind or your body. I will teach about that later on. But you have to monitor the state of your spirit. You have to be aware of the state of your spirit. So, your spirit is not passive in you. Whilst you are sitting here, a lot of spiritual activity is going on. When you are in the office, a lot of spiritual activity is going on. When you are in the market, a lot of spiritual activity is going on. And because you are a spirit being, your spirit monitors all of these things. It's like a radar. Scanning. Everything happening. Now, your mind may not be aware or you may not be spiritually aware or you may not even have the spiritual language for it. And so you may not be able to intelligently deal with it. But it happens. So when you sense a troubling in the spirit, when you sense a troubling in your spirit, how do you deal with it? You pray in the spirit. When you perceive what is happening around you spiritually, you don't confront it physically. You deal with it spiritually. And the way to deal with something spiritually is sometimes just to stand in authority and say, Thank you, Father, that I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the victory I have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because sometimes you can be in a place and you know people are playing spiritual tricks in this place. Don't, don't, don't get disturbed. Don't get worked up. Just say, thank you, Father, I'm under the blood. I'm protected. I'm covered. I walk in the victory of Christ. Thank you, Father, I walk in victory and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. All of, don't say it with your mouth. People think you are crazy. You might even say it inside of you. Because if you're going to be a what's wrong with him? Is he is he is he losing it? No, don't 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 let people make you for a crazy person. You are a child of God. Be sober-minded. Be sober-minded. So you can be in a place where all of these things are taking place, but inside you, you're saying, "I walk in victory. I walk in power." I have the blood of Jesus surrounding me. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And all of this is going on. On the outside, it looks like decent people conversing. But on the inside, you know you and this guy, you are dealing with stuff. You are dealing with stuff. The person is smiling nicely, but you know that behind the smile, something else is being done. But you are a man or a woman of the spirit. Don't be a person of the flesh. Be a person of the spirit. Because you have to handle spiritual things spiritually. Amen. And know that in all of these things. You have more power in you. Than any other thing outside of you. That's what you have to understand. The greater one. Is in you. If they try to touch your spirit. Don't get a shock. The the spirit will kick them. Because the greater one is in you. The power is in you. You are not vulnerable. You are not weak. And that's why they will keep away from you. Because when when they touch you. Stuff that comes out. Is powerful. And you are parading. As God's powerhouse. Be aware of that. You don't walk in fear. You don't walk in anxiety. You walk in the consciousness of victory in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.